This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. This week we have a quick hit based program. That's not to say we don't get in depth on a lot of different topics. We just hit a lot of different topics. That's it. I'm not going to tell you specifically what we talk about, but we do close the show with a great Sean Hannity, Ted Koppel clip. Stick around. You're going to enjoy it. Why did I whisper? Who knows? Very serious. Is the mandatory Samson podcast coming to you live from Stand Up? Well, not live. Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. My name is Chris Flannery. I'm joined by Joseph Noe, Matthew Weiss. If you believe it, we were listening to country music before this program started. And I'm feeling like uh, I'm in a pretty good mood. Joey, how are you feeling? I feel great, but why wouldn't they not believe that? You know, just sometimes the tenor of the program. I feel like people maybe don't think that I would listen to country music, but I enjoy some of it. Who was it? Uh, we were listening to Randy Hauser right before this came, you know, right before we started recording, and then we had a little classic Zach Brown Randy. Band. Yeah, that's right, classic Hauser. Uh, Matt, how you feeling over there? Oh, I'm feeling fine. Okay. Not my not my first choice for music, but it was decent. All right, well, you know what? It felt good though. You can't lie about that. Okay, it gets you in the right mood, I think. All right. Also, we ate a couple of wings, Joey, before the program started. That was nice. There's some leftover wings here at the studio, so they were very good. Went in on those. They that ate them fun. all before I got here, though. So Matt was late, so. We ate the wings. Uh, Good, I was getting food. Welcome, <laughs> yeah, which he didn't offer to get us. Welcome to the program, everyone. We have a quick hit-based program lined up for you today. We're talking Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. Tommy Lahren update, Mosul, Trump care, failure, climate change, internet privacy rights, the Forbes billionaire list, the UN's happiness report. And a fun Sean Hannity clip that we're going to close the program with, which I'm sure a lot of people have seen, but I enjoy it. So we're going to play it at the end. Sound good? Sounds great. We also have two sponsors on today's show. First time ever, dual sponsorship on one episode. That's exciting. Harry's Blue Apron. We're going to get to it a little bit later in the program. Nice. Uh, I also want to say this before we like actually dive into the uh, topics. Mm-hmm. At promo, P-R-O-M-O 206 on Twitter. He's tweeted me a number of times. He's, okay. He listens to the show. He sent me a tweet the other day being like, Man Samp, are you following this Seth Abramson tweet storm that's going on? And I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Seth Abramson's a journalist, I think, from Dallas and also writes for the Huffington Post and whatever. He put out a, a number of tweets about Trump and Russia's connection, mm-hmm. which I looked into. The thing I don't like about what he's doing is that he's putting out a lot of... Um, tweets but without links it's like he'll put a picture and say like this person said or this person you know but it's not sourced very well as Mm -hmm. far as i'm concerned it's worth looking at i guess if you want but uh, but to me it's very speculative i hope a lot of it's right he's alleging that like people are gonna go to jail and this and that we'll see that deep and can yeah but okay so i just want to put it out there i wanted to let promo 206 know that i did look at it but again it's not sourced really so you know i don't necessarily want to talk about all of it but it's worth looking at um seth abramson is the guy on twitter if you want to check it out and it's also he goes in line with louise mensch who i i've known about for a little bit but she was on bill maher recently so i started following her but i had to stop following her because she just retweets and retweets and retweets like say oh, joey you write an article about legos i love legos I, of course 
uh, Star that Wall she Legos? agrees with. She'll retweet what you said about it with the link. She'll retweet what Matt said about the same article with the link. So it's just like a lot oh, of the God, same shit. Really? And it's also, again, highly speculative a, lot of, speculative, a lot of it, where she's like, Trump is going to prison, no question about it. It's like, all right, I don't know. Even if he committed treason, I'm not sold that he's going to prison, okay? You, so you, we'll see what happens. Even if he committed treason, there's still a chance that he gets pardoned by whoever's next. Yeah, it's, there's so no guarantee. Right. There, there's no accountability like that in our government. We know that. I mean, can he pardon himself? Is that a thing? Don't I don't, I don't think you can pardon I don't think yourself. so, because he'd be impeached at that point. So he'd be pre-pardoning himself you know what i mean yeah you kept you have yeah you can only pardon someone who's been convicted of the crime so he'd be out of office by then right oh, so, okay it's i mean like richard nixon was pardoned after he left office right by uh not by himself though. ford yeah by ford um all right the anyway pre- the president not the company yeah well actually yeah uh he, whatever i was gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make a joke about breaks or something i don't know um all right you ready to get into this yes i am planned parenthood sting videos now Matt, you weren't even around at this point when we were talking about it on the show, but Joey, do you remember a long time ago, I, I, I traced it back to like MSP 51, mm-hmm. we talked about it, but it could be a little bit before that also, do you remember these Planned Parenthood Sting videos? Yeah, you had two people set up trying to buy like baby fetuses from Planned yeah, tissue. Parenthood. baby tissue. Yeah, yeah, yeah tissue. Um, Meanwhile, at the we said it at the time, and it's been borne out now that there's no evidence of wrongdoing on Planned Parenthood's part at all. There's you know nothing illegal happened. They were the videos were edited, and it just wasn't what they were pretending it to be. Deliciously, David Delighted and Sandra Merritt, the pair who run the Center for Medical Progress, which is the group that put out the videos we talked about a while ago, um, and who are responsible for releasing the Sting videos of themselves trying to buy fetal tissue from Planned Parenthood, have been charged with 15 felonies. Nice. One felony charge for each of the 14 people they filmed without consent, and one more for each of them for criminal conspiracy to invade privacy. Isn't that great? Got yeah, exactly. yeah, that's fun. I like that. Any thoughts other than that, Joey? Uh, I don't... Mm. They would try to. Um, th- they were trying to pin the crimes on them earlier, but they ended up getting uh, the case was dismissed. So yes, they've been charged. If it's going to stick, is you know. Yeah, we'll something. see. But at least it's a you know at least something is happening in defense of what they in defense of Planned Parenthood. It's crazy what they did, and it seemed like a big deal. But we watched the videos. I mean, we talked about it on the show again. I forget what episodes, but around the fifties. You know, where we kind of broke it down, and it's obviously not what they're saying it is. Yeah. And forensics uh, hired by Planned Parenthood went through it, and they're like, this would never hold up in court. This is crazy. <laughs> and what's even funnier is that I think they took it to court in Dallas. They took Planned Parenthood to court over the fetal tissue buy and like the sting videos, and they found nothing on Planned Parenthood. But in the course of that investigation, they charged these two idiots. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, so yeah, so they're now uh, facing felony charges, which is interesting. Thank you, Dallas prosecutors, for accidentally proving a good, building a good case for Planned Parenthood. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, it's good. You know, it's like fuck, fuck them. They're they're trying to. They're trying to use misdirection and lies. Yeah, it's like propaganda. If your case is that strong, you don't have to edit the tape and you don't have to make shit up. That's what drives me crazy about Fox and different things like that. Not that Fox is the only one doing it, but that type of disingenuous media where, man, if your case is strong enough, you don't have to distort the fact. You just lay out the case. People will get on board if it's the right thing to do. Well, and that's why Rachel Maddow is doing so well right now because she's following the money and saying, here's the financials, make your own conclusions. 
Yeah, for sure. But she's not dis- right. Exactly. Like she's that, not making up stuff. Yeah, it exactly. is what it is. Right. And it, there's enough out there right now to not. They don't have to make things up. So CNN is just this crappy, net, like, like absolutely terrible network that makes shit up. And, I honestly don't watch it enough to even say. Yeah. Like I only will watch Rachel Maddow or Chris Hayes. Like I'll I'll DVR them and I'll yeah. skim through or whatever. And I watch Vice News tonight, obviously too. But um, all right, tell me. Laren update. You ready for this? It's so sad. Sweet Tommy is no longer an employee of Glenn Beck's The Blaze Network. What is she going to do? Following her pro sh- pro-choice comments last week. What is she going to do? She's going to get richer and famouser. <laughs> That's what she's going to do. Uh, Laren's Facebook page. Now, this is where it gets interesting, mm-hmm. right? So, all right, she got fired. We figured this was going to happen, but she'll move on to greener pastures. Uh-huh. Uh, Laren's Facebook page is at odds, though. She has 4 million followers. That's a lot of people. And The Blaze owns it, they say. Ooh. According to Tommy, quote, negotiations are ongoing as to who gets the 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 Larenites, whatever. Larenites? Yeah. The Larenites? <laughs> you could do better. Uh, the Larentinis? The Tommies. Yeah. Well, oh, yes. That was way better. Uh, <laughs> you just pluralized Tommy. Um <laughs> Anyway, so that's an interesting conversation. How do you feel about that? Like, to me, it's a it's not her personal page, right? Because after you get a certain number of followers, it has to go from personal to a fan page. Mm-hmm. You can't just have a personal Facebook anymore. Um, I don't know. To me, I, well, how do you guys feel before I give my opinion? Should she get those four million? Absolutely, followers, it's or is her that face. the blaze? No, no, it's her, it's her face. Yeah, those four million people. She owns them, and she can do as she will. As she wishes with four million people. Okay, so uh, we're promoting slavery on this podcast now. She yep. owns them. Uh, if you follow her, you now belong to her. The pro-slavery comments would have kept her on the Blaze Network. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I guess nobody should get them, really, You know, if, if you really want to say it, because it's a fan page based on, I'm doing air quotes, a character that she plays on the Blaze Network, essentially, even though it is her, but it is a, an exaggerated version of her. Um you know, and if she's not there, I don't see why Glenn Beck would get to use that page for those four million people. Neither, but she shouldn't really get to use it either if she's not actually at the blaze and they set up the page for her and did all that shit. Well, I mean, the awkward part is, yeah, it's set up by the blaze, so it belongs to them. But I don't think they own her likeness. They don't own. The, they can't use the name Tommy Laren anymore, can they? If they fire her, they can't. No, use her but name. I think I'd have to do more research into it. But the show she did was Tommy. So they do own Tommy, essentially, right? They have a trademark oh. on Tommy. I thought the Who owned that. <laughs> Different Tommy. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. I'll give you a half point for that. <laughs> my, my jokes are not landing today, <laughs> by the way, people. <laughs> no, before we got on the show, I, he, you went like one for seven. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, it's just a, kind of an interesting thing, this whole who owns what, whatever. But I, but again, I don't really understand what Glenn Beck would be doing. Like those four million people are not on that page for whatever they're going to replace Tommy with. Yeah, I know. You know, although maybe they are, who, who knows? I mean, but I, I guess the idea is if you can keep 10% of those people just by, yeah. and have them on your, whatever the next brand is, that's better than nothing. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, keep it. It's just an interesting thing. I'll keep my eye on that, but you know, farewell, sweet Tommy. We love you. Join us. It was a great run. Yeah. I mean, believe me, that run is far from over. <laughs> She's got, a lot more miles to go. Um, U.S. airstrikes in Mosul. Amidst calls by Iraqi military leaders to pause the push to retake Mosul from ISIS, the Pentagon is reviewing reports that as many as 200 civilians were killed in recent coalition airstrikes 
there dating to March 17th is really the day in question. I have a statement from the coalition and a quote from U.S. General Joseph Votel. First, the statement. You, uh, the U.S.-led coalition said it had carried out the airstrikes at the request of Iraqi forces. It's just a clarifying point they made at the beginning. The coalition respects human life, which is why we are assisting our Iraqi partner, partner forces in their effort to liberate their lands from ISIS brutality. Our goal has always been for zero civilian casualties, but the coalition will not abandon our commitment to our Iraqi partners because of ISIS's inhuman tactics, terrorizing civilians, using human shields, and fighting uh, from protected sites such as schools, hospitals, religious sites, and civilian neighborhoods. Okay. U.S. General Joseph Votel said this. This is, in fr- this is not in reference to this specifically, but there was some kind of like hearing where he said mm-hmm. this. I do agree that as we move into these urban environments, it is going to become more and more difficult to apply extraordinarily high standards of the things that we're doing. Although we will try. <laughs> so essentially he's like, listen, it's hard to not kill civilians, but we're going to give it a shot. But we got to go after ISIS. So, you know, we'll worry about it later. See, my issue with this is they're finding out that back around March 17th, yeah. about 200 innocent civilians were killed. Right. Now, the question becomes, with these airstrikes, why were there still people in these buildings? Were they hiding out? Were they aware of it? Like, there seems to be more to this than is being reported. Yeah, well, building in three buildings collapsed is really the the story. So I guess there were some ISIS fighters there or that they thought were of value that they were going to launch a strike against. In these buildings, they hit the buildings... I assume killed the ISIS fighters, but then the buildings collapsed and you know, obviously there was collateral damage with civilians around and whatever. You don't really know what the deal is at a certain point. These people could have just been in the building next to the one that they hit. And so they both fell or Mm -hmm. ISIS could be holding them captive. You know, you don't really know what the story is, but apparently it was, it it was deemed worth it to kill 200 civilians. And, but man, this is, um, well, I mean, ISIS has always embedded themselves within a within a civilian population because right. it it views that as a good as a, I mean as a strategy to have the have us kill civilians. Right, and this is their last yeah. stand to do that, so they and, are just entrenched in the city. You and, know? and at the same time, I believe uh, when I was reading the article, it said that there was some belief they weren't sure if it was the airstrike itself that had destroyed the building or whether it had uh, hit a cache of ISIS ISIS explosives. That oh, then okay. no, so there's it's still oh. there's still it's still not fully certain it could have been whether it was us who destroyed the building. But this is also a weird place where for so long we've been fighting unconventional warfare of, okay, it's just, well, it's guerrilla, guerrilla warfare. This is the first time in a while it feels like we re- it's really a siege, that this is more back to a conventional warfare almost. Yeah, well, it definitely harkens back to the early days of Iraq, you know, when you yeah. when you walk into Baghdad and you, you take over the city. The U.S. is generally good at that. And uh, well, <laughs> What comes after is what becomes the problem, but... Right now we're fighting an entrenched, en- entrenched enemy, which it's great to take out ISIS, but this is one of the things that is... When, it's, when we're fighting, what we've been doing for the last 10 years has been, okay, we're looking for, one per- looking for a needle in a haystack, trying to find one person and hit him specifically with a drone. That... When you have civilian casualties there, then that's a real issue. But now, I'm I'm not sure how I feel about this entirely because it's okay. This is a siege. This is a little bit different. This is yeah. This tri- is like a Ninja Turtles level where you just go through <laughs> and you're killing all the foot soldiers. Like that's and, really what it is. And this is ISIS, if this is ISIS's last stand, as callous as it sounds, is it worth 200 civilians to to rescue 
however many more people we do in, in Mosul. Right. Well, yeah. And that, I mean, that is the thing. And also, you know, I think it was mentioned in this article or, or I was reading more about it, but same thing in, in Syria now, you know, there's been an escalation there as they try to move towards Raqqa to try to take that, which is like the last stronghold in Syria for, for ISIS. Well, 400 civilians killed there. And, you know, we're increasing the number of troops that are going to be in both places. So, well, and to go against my argument at the same time, you look at Aleppo and that was more, that was a siege as well that, ended disastrously for everyone that was yeah well so, yeah but the u.s wasn't involved to the yeah, extent that, that was mean, involved here that, right? was, that was assad besieging just civilians right but that so. but but to your point that he didn't give a shit who he killed that was just yeah. we're gonna destroy the city and so, so i guess it's, it's important to have the it's important to actually have the debate of whether that's allowed acceptable it's important right. to, to analyze how we're doing things yeah i mean the with the current administration this is another part of the conversation Trump has advocated in the past for killing terror quote terrorists families and and neighbors and whatever if they're around a terrorist they probably are bad people too like well okay that that's a very broad and questionable point of view so in this case I'm sure it's like okay we maybe we kill some civilians so you know it's, well, it's, it's to the administration yeah. I would assume it's worth it to go for it uh, big picture yeah it's probably worth it to take out ISIS but 200 civilian casualties like I, I was thinking about it last night how many people do i know like actually know personally L- probably about 200 maybe less than 200 people so dead. everyone you love they're and all about, gone dead. yeah not and even just people i kind of sort of know <laughs> dead you're, you're a popular guy i give you like 205 all right i'll take 205 so i'm stuck with who you know it's like there's five people left over joey would not be in, the, in that populated region so you still yeah, have joey i probably have joey yeah um but you know what i mean it's like 200 people in the abstract, it's like, well, 200 people in the grand scheme. Yeah, but these are people with like well, lives, and this is a real situation. You well, know, This is a discussion we can only have in the abstract. We're sitting here yeah. comfortably in New York City, so it's odd sort of th- trying to think about... Oh, absolutely. But that's always kind of what I try to do. I try to play that game of like, well, my parents are dead. All my uncles and aunts are dead. My friends are dead, because we all live in the same city in this scenario. Um, and then, then you just keep working your way out. Like, um, maybe a couple of people I went to high school with that I sort of know are a lot, you know, it's like the person you walk down the street and say hello to every morning, talk about the weather and everything. Right. Sure. Yeah. The guy, exactly. The guy at the, the coffee place, right. He might, he might be dead. We'll see. Maybe God willing, he made it out. But I, I, I was just going to mention that these strikes were the worst since uh when we first invaded iraq yeah. back in 2003 yeah which is interesting right it's there's been a lot of death and a lot of bloodshed in iraq and different war zones around the world that we're involved in but right it's been quite a while since we actually killed this number of civilians which is i guess encouraging but also troubling that we did kill this amount but, but i think it also goes back to the the type of warfare it is it's like as i said earlier this is it's just Going back to the same type of warfare we had back then. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, it, you know, they talked about the the invasion of Mosul, that it was just going to be, you know, eh, a couple of months. We'll be able to, eh. It's going to keep going. You know, mm-hmm. this is the type of thing that, that keeps going for a while. And then, again, then we're also in Syria, which is going to be probably worse, I, I would imagine, just because that is really going to be the last gasp. And that's where uh, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi is likely, somewhere in between there. So... We'll, we'll keep our eye on it. But again, 200 civilians is nothing to laugh at. It's a, it's a large amount of people. But so, so at the same time, I'm not sure I'm going to actively go out and blame Trump for this one, though. Oh, no, I, I'm not blaming Trump. I mean, it, listen, it, he orders it, right? He has to okay a strike. Yes. But but if the coalition... Probably would have happened. But anyway. if, it was as, if our allies asked us to do this, 
I have I strongly believe that Obama might have made made the same decision. I, I believe he probably would have. And it's not like Trump planned where they're going to strike and could have known that there was good whether it was going to do that much damage or have an explosive truck nearby. Yeah, for sure. There's this other factors, right? Um, and, and we'll figure it out. Plus, you know, the Iraqi army is involved in this as well. They they are probably more on the ground intelligence and things like that. So, you know, we'll we'll see as it goes. But it is worth mentioning that these things and, continue to happen. You know, although with Iraqi allies, their goals might be different than ours. We it's harder for us to justify civilian deaths, even though it's that like it's their people they know who are dying. But at the same time, it's they're trying to rescue their city is more visceral experience for them. It's oh, their, absolutely. this is their life and they want this over with. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then hopefully, you know, hopefully the country can get back on track again to be more democratic or whatever, whatever it is. Um, all right. Final thoughts on that, Joey. I think we pretty nailed that one, Chris. We did pretty nail that one. You know what else we're going to pretty nail? Yeah. We have our first sponsor of the week. Now, I mentioned it before. We're also sponsored by Blue Apron. We're going to get to the Blue Apron. We're going to get to the great deal that Blue Apron is offering the Samsonites. Before we get to that, we're very happy to be sponsored once again by Harry's Razors. Now, let me tell you what I love about Harry's Razors. We talked about it last week. Again, all three of us sitting here, beards. But something gets lost in the shuffle with beards. You got to trim around the beard. Otherwise, you'll look a little straggly. You know, you look maybe like you didn't have work for a few days. You just you don't look great. So you got to clean up. That's what I use the Harry's razors for. And let me tell you something. This isn't scientific. This isn't they're not making this claim. I can't back it up. But I'm just telling you from experience. You know, when you shave and guys that have a beard will know this. But guys that shave in general know as well, especially if you don't shave every day. You got to trim on your neck or you got to trim on your cheek or whatever. You get a little ingrown hair maybe you get a little razor burn you get a little bump on your neck not with harry's all right and again harry's isn't saying that but in my experience just using it for the last couple of weeks wow come hair i feel like grows in slower comes in better nothing no ingrown hair so i really like that about harry's and here's what else you can like about harry's this is their story you ready for this joey mm-hmm. for decades one big razor company has relentlessly increased price we're not going to say which company but you know what we're talking about. One big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits profits at the expense of its customers. So Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were fed up with getting ripped off, started Harry's to fix shaving. And I'm here to tell you they did a pretty good goddamn good job. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality. So you know what they did? Matt, do you have any guess? I believe they went with a factory in Germany, right? Yeah, they bought their own blade factory, which is insane at first. But then when you get the product, you're like, oh, yeah, of course. Well, right. You go to the source, you get the real deal. Some good old German engineering. No question about it. By taking less profit and selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's offers their blades at half the price. $2 a blade compared to $4 a blade that you're going to pay at the drugstore. You can't beat that. Here's what we're going to do for you and what they're suggesting you do. You try Harry's for free. Harry's is so confident you will love their blades. And I promise you, you are going to like it. Because I I don't know. I get the thing. I try it. And I go, wow, this you don't even feel it. It's a smooth shave. These are like legit razors. No razor burn. I feel like the hair comes. Okay. They're confident that you're going to love their blades. And so am I. They're giving you their free trial set. Well, I said it already. They're giving you their trial set for free. But it's a free trial set then. Just cover $3 for shipping. You can't beat that. Joey, do me a favor. Tell the Samsonites what comes in this free trial set. A weighted ergonomic yep, razor ergonomic, handle. Ergonomic, yeah. Ergonomic 
Raise our handle. Five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade. Rich lathering shave gel. Which smells delightful. Delicious. And a travel blade cover. Which is very nice. It has the little, you know, holes to let the water out. It's great. It's perfect. They just did. This is what they did. They were like, what bullshit doesn't need to be involved in this? They cut all the fat off and they just put together a thing that works really well. $13. That's a $13 value for you for free. Here's how you do it. Stop messing around and get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your free trial offer, $13 value for free. Just cover the $3 shipping to get your free trial set, including a razor handle, five blade cartridge, and the delightful shave gel. Go to harrys.com slash Samson right now. That's S-A-M-P-S-O-N. It's the second half of mandatory Samson. Harrys.com slash Samson. Get the $13 trial set for free. $3 shipping, and you're going to like it. I guarantee. Thank you, Harry's, for sponsoring the show. We really appreciate it. It's nice. It feels nice to be wanted, Joey, you know? And you guys, Samsonites, just give it a What do you have to lose? I mean, it's $3. You get it for free. You don't like it? Okay, so you don't order more. It helps us out when you use the code Samson. It lets Harry's know that people are listening to the program. And you know you're going to have that special event you're going to have to shave for. Well, yeah, work. You get up every day. You might want to shave. This is going to make it a lot easier. It I was thinking good. more about a, a friend's wedding. Bat mitzvah, whatever you're going to. Sure. Awake, God forbid, but you got to look right. Job interview. What else? Matt, you throw one out. Children's party. Maybe you're doing balloon animals. You want to look good. Got a magic show. Got a stand-up show. Gonna go outside and get some groceries. Going to get groceries. You're in U2. You know? Maybe Bono's listening. I don't know. You just want to feel a little cleaner that day. Just feel a little cleaner. You want to look in the mirror and go, God damn, you shine. Use the Harry's razor. (laughs) Uh, All right. Anyway, we're screwing around. Harry's.com slash Samson. Thank you. We really appreciate it. And guys, it would be great if you support Harry's because in turn, you're supporting this program by doing so. That'd be great. Speaking. So Harry's is a success. You want to talk about a failure? Yes. <laughs> Just a brutal failure. The exact opposite. Uh, yeah. Trump care failure. Friday, Donald Trump, Paul Ryan, pulled the Trump care bill, the American Health Care Act, before a vote, essentially punting on health care reform for the foreseeable future. They're apparently going to move on to tax reform now because, yeah, we might as well tackle something that's even harder to, to accomplish. But uh, I'm not sure that's... Ho- I think healthcare is pretty goddamn hard. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, but I hope they handle it just as efficient. Oh, no, I hope, I hope we can get things done, but I... If, no, you can it, say it. It's okay. No, well, listen... I, it, I don't wish he does a bad job. I just think he's going to. Here's so. the thing. The Trump care not going into effect is a, a benefit. Not d- doing something is doing something good because we'd rather have Obamacare last, and then we're going to talk about it in a little bit, you can improve on it and work your way to a single payer system, which we'll get to in a little while. Now, but my, okay. my point was that I don't, I, I we do need tax reform. We do need like intelligent tax reform. And if he was to offer that, I wish him success. But I just don't think that's going to be the case. Right. So well, I don't, I don't wish him to fail. But okay, I understand what you're saying. So I have a Trump statement video. I have Ooh. the press baby giving a statement, and then we have Paul Ryan giving a statement. But before we get to it, I have a question for you. Sure. You're watching the clock. And it's 3.30, and they don't vote. How do you think everybody felt? Crushed? Uh, well, okay, so this is how my Friday went. So I got up, I did some editing, I ate some food, got done what I had to do, basically, uh-huh. answered some email, you know, uh, whatever. It's a Friday, I'm kind of knocking around. And I go, you know what? Twitter time. I'm going to cut my hair. 
Uh, I'm going to shave, use a Harry's razor. I'm going to clean up. And I got my iPad set up and I got the live stream MSNBC. I'm watching. Yeah. Oh, they're going to vote at three 30. Okay, great. I'm excited. This will be perfect. Then obviously comes around. They're pulling the bill. Ah, oh, uh. you pussies. <laughs> That's our reaction. Oh, come on. Uh, so they pull the bill and then we're going to have the clips of what they said at that yeah. point. Um, I didn't know whether they were going to try to bring it back up again, but obviously they talked about the fact that basically they're not. They're just going to, we're going to wait till the death spiral is complete and Obamacare completely collapses, even though that's not going to be the case. It'll only really possibly collapse or get worse in state, in conservative states where they're not willing to open up Medicaid. But I got something about that that we're going to talk about in a little bit too. I also want to say this. It was interesting well, why don't we just play Trump's statement? Yeah, because go it's going to be a point on Trump's statement anyway. So this is the Donald, President the Donald, talking about the failure of a major campaign promise to repeal and replace Obamacare with something terrific, something fantastic. Uh, it turns out he just decided not to do it. So this is the president talking about a major failing in, in the, within the first 100 days of his presidency. Thank you very much. Uh, we were very close. Uh, For the record, they were not very close. They were <laughs> they're 40 votes away, maybe. The entire Freedom Caucus, which is like 27 or 30, whatever, 27, 28 people, none of them were going to vote for it, really. And then in trying to make concessions to the Freedom Caucus, which is essentially the Tea Party, um, moderates dropped out. So they lost a shitload of votes. Well, they, they lost the chair of the Appropriations Committee. That's a huge, that's oh, a yeah, they huge vote they lost. Yeah, it wasn't very, very close to be like three. They were mm. off by at least 30. I, mean, I think the, the New York Times estimated it was 37 or something. Yeah, about, so they, they were off by quite a bit. All right, so anyway, thank you. Here we go. Very tight margin. We had no- <laughs> He's such a lot. It's shocking because, like, there's a thing. There is such a thing as spin. This guy doesn't spin. He just lies. There's no spin, you know. Spin is, proper spin is a delicate balance. You have to walk the line without lying. He's- yeah, semantics. <laughs> you, you know, you play it like you're... Depends what the definition of is is. I would okay, think, thank you, Bill. Thank you, yeah. I, would, I would think a man with such tiny hands and presumably tiny feet would know oh, how to walk a fine line God. very well. Do you think he can walk a tightrope with those tiny feet? You think so? Democrat support. We had no votes from the Democrats. Uh, they weren't going to give us a single vote. Well, so yeah. It's a very difficult thing to do. I've been saying for the last year and a half that the best thing we can do, politically speaking, is let Obamacare explode. It is exploding right now. It's uh, many states have big problems. Almost all states have big problems. That's false. And also what's interesting is so now the president essentially is saying Democrats didn't want to get involved. Maybe he's open then to allow Democrats, if he's going to want Democrats to get involved to know that that's the only way to pass stuff. Maybe they do get involved. If I were Bernie Sanders personally, or I was Democratic leadership, mm-hmm. I would have been up there at the White House next day being like, let's just do single payer. Like, you don't care that much. You know it. I'd be trying. I'd be in his ear because he just wants a victory. He wants people to like him. You could. This is a, And he's not a principled guy. This is a guy that you could get to make a deal. I believe. I honestly do. The Democrats should have been up there day he, after. He's come out in favor of single payer. In the of past. course. But that's what I'm saying. He doesn't know. He's down. He's down. He hates the Freedom Caucus now. He's pissed off at them. Uh, so anyway, so then he's so he just about- wants to sign his name. That's all you think he wants to do is just always sign his name. Yeah, of course. In that creepy Richter scale looking way that he signs his name. What- you guys ever seen his signature? I have not. Google that. 
You tell me that's not the signature of an absolute psycho. <laughs> it's insane. Google Donald Trump's signature. It is bizarre looking. Um, the other point he makes there is it's collapsing. It's terrible. So basically his plan is to let people suffer for a while. Like we're going to let it collapse. Let people lose their insurance and die. And then there'll be an appetite to pass a bill. Is that oh, signature wow. bizarre? Yeah. What the fuck is that? I can't even read it. It's just triangles. <laughs> just a bunch of triangles. It looks like a fucking Richter scale. It's weird. I, I kind of like that. Actually. It's, a, it's a seismograph. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's exactly what it is. It's very it's odd. It's an earthquake. Uh, all right. Here we go. I was in Tennessee the other day, and they've lost half of their state in terms of an insurer. They have no insurer. And that's happening to many other places. I was in Kentucky the other day, and similar things are happening. So Obamacare is exploding with no Democrat support. We couldn't quite get there. We're just a very small number of votes short. In ter- I mean, it's 30, right? At least. In terms of getting our bill passed, a lot of people don't realize how good our bill was because... They- <laughs> <laughs> uh, people knew. People saw. Donald, I challenge you to name three things that were in that bill. Three, that's all. Challenge declined. They were viewing phase one, but when you add phase two, which was mostly the signings of Secretary Price, who's behind me, and you add phase three, which I think we would have gotten, it became a great bill. Premiums would have gone down and it would have been very stable, would have been very strong, but that's okay. But we were very, very close. And um, again, I think what will happen is Obamacare, unfortunately, will explode. It's going to have a very bad year. So what would be really good, with no Democrat support, if the Democrats, when it explodes, which it will soon, if they got together with us and got a real health care bill, I'd be totally open to it. And I think that's going to happen. I think the losers are Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Because now they own Obamacare. They own it. 100% own it. No, they and, owned it because they've been in power for eight years. You know, what and I mean? they passed the bill in the first yeah, place. Yeah, they've owned it. What are you talking? They want to own you it, silly goose. They they run campaigns on the fact that they own it. Right? They like. They're happy to own it. They're happy about it. They came out and they gave a press conference and they were like, "This is a great day for America. We but, did it." But, like, but you know who else owns it now? The Republicans, because they couldn't do something better. They had they had their opportunity here. They had their chance and they failed to repeal. For it. sure. Well, let's listen to the statements. Yeah, and then we'll talk about the kind of the fallout here because it's. Absurd that they were. They, it's crazy that they weren't able to pass something. And this is not a Republican health care. This is not anything but a Democrat health care. And they have Obamacare for a little while longer until it ceases to exist, which it will at some point in the near future. And just remember, this is not our bill. This is their bill. Now, when they all become civilized and get together and try and work out a great health care bill for the people of this country, we're open to it. We're t- okay. Uh, what, I will give Trump a little bit of credit here. He didn't react crazy, I didn't think. I mean, I've, obviously he's tweeted some shit, but whatever. But like in the immediate aftermath with a statement like that, I thought he was c- calm, didn't blame Paul Ryan. He said he did well. You know, it wasn't Paul's fault. It's the Democrats. He couldn't get yeah. one Democrat to vote yes well it's the goddamn it's all their fault they had seven years to write a bill wouldn't you have a group of 10 of them get together and go listen we're gonna we're gonna get back into office eventually let's have a goddamn great bill that can pass ready to go 
Or were they were they so convinced that because Donald Trump was their candidate that they had no chance of winning that they just thought we don't have to write this thing? Maybe, but that's a decision that could have only been made eight months ago. They they still still yeah. should have been working on something. I mean, the entire time was repeal and replace, repeal and replace, repeal and replace. Right. You never had to replace, and yeah, you didn't you don't bother get to, to repeal. write a. Do you know? Do you know? That's almost like masochistic to to not have a thing in place. Like wh- wh- none of them, none of them thought. You know what? We got we seven years. Yeah, maybe I'll just start. I'll just start writing something. I, you know, I don't know. I'll throw some shit at the wall, see what sticks. Well, they could have had something. They actually created something so bad, uh, an insurance bill so bad after the reforms were made, like to it to try to get it passed last minute, that it was going to cover less people. Well, their problem is that Obamacare was the Republican plan, and then because Obama said, let's do this, right. they didn't want it. Like, they they dis- disowned it. Yeah, of they course. They disowned it. That was their plan. Right. And now, now they're trying to demonize it. Well, that was the best they could come up with. Oh, it's pathetic. And so, thank you for moving our country forward in <laughs> by giving it to us. Right. Oh, absolutely. And it's embar- it's an embarrassing thing. To, to they had a golden opportunity, and now they're again they're moving on to tax reform. They're banking on the fact that it's going to collapse, but I really don't think it's going to. So you know, there's no evidence that that's going to be the case. No, I mean the congressional bu- budget office does not agree with what they say. And no, that's a, no- a nonpartisan organization. So. Right. I'm afraid about this tax reform that they're talking about, because like you kind of see it with the whole ISP thing that currently happened. Yeah, if certain people pay them, they're gonna write the laws and they'll benefit. Yeah, well, so there's know. less money and a lot of things are gonna disappear. Like what? A lot of uh, social services, I believe, are gonna disappear with probably, the but tax that's not a tax reform, reform thing. That's a but. Excuse me, the uh, Polish Delta Granny Smith Apple. That it's a it's a that's a budget thing. Yeah, but they go hand in hand. There's going to be less money for the budget. Sure, I, I hear that absolutely right. Um, they're going to be giving tax breaks to very wealthy people and corporations for sure. I mean, that was the Obama. That was the healthcare bill. That was what that was. Yes. To do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely right. A- anything that they can do that's going to shovel money back to like people like Trump, they're going to do that. That's uh, that's just Republican ethos, you know. And. I found it very fun, very odd recently. I was watching uh, on Netflix. I was watching a Eddie Murphy special from 1983. Okay, and I, I just have this image of in my mind, everyone loves Reagan from that day. Everyone loves Reagan. Every like that was. Right. It gets the part. It gets close to the end of the special, and I just uh, he brings up like, oh, we're in D.C. and mentions Reagan. Thunderous booze. Oh sure. And then huh. he brings up Reaganomics, and it's like. Everyone just shouting, it's bullshit. It's like, oh yeah, well uh, in DC with the crack epidemic and all that stuff. But it yeah, kind of changed. It kind of it, my view of the '80s that everyone thought, oh, Reaganomics is this golden thing. That's good. That no, no, no. People it, knew it was bullshit then. It's voodoo economics. It doesn't exist. It doesn't work. It's been the same arguments for you know 50 years. They've been having the same fucking argument over and over again, for sure. I mean, definitely. And even now. That's what we talked. If Hillary won, you go, oh, great. Everything's fine. Because if you're on that side, and you're inclined to believe that, mm-hmm. then that's great. But there's still half the country that hates that. They think it's the worst time. We think it's terrible now, but there's half the country that isn't paying attention and thinks it's fine. So that's oh, that's generally been the case. Well, the people that actually benefits is, a, is the one percenters. Then the, Always, the, the, yeah. peop, the half that agrees with it think, oh, I'm going to become a one percenter, therefore I want this in place. Right. Never going to happen. Yeah, and this is going to prevent you from getting to that becoming a one percenter. Of course. And I, you know what? I, the other, I think, misnomer is that a lot of people want to become one percenter. I don't think that's really the truth. I think people like, for the most part, their lives. They're, they're not trying to be, you know, super wealthy. They just want to be able to go on vacation and feed their kids. You know what I mean? It's, it's well, not that hard. And the American dream was never about being a one percenter. The American dream was being having a middle class life 
raise life, your ba- liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's all we I mean, should be working the, for. The pursuit of happiness is technically the pursuit of property. If you actually like, that was what they meant. Well, by that's that, not but, what I mean. Yeah, I know. You just wanna... but yeah, I'd like some pri- <laughs> some property to make me happy, but. Yeah, that shouldn't be that difficult for people in the middle class that work 40 hours a week or whatever. It should be, that should be it. That should be what we're shooting for. If you're able to do that, if you're able to contribute to society, work 40 hours a week, you want to have your family, go on vacation, you should you know, be able to own a home, whatever. That's it. Have some health care. Well, what's the big deal? And just keep people happy. That's all. That's all we should be working for. Here's Paul Ryan, a guy that makes no one happy, uh, talking about this uh, boondoggle. Moving from an opposition party to a governing party comes with growing pains. And, well, we're feeling those growing pains today. <laughs> mm. We came really close today, but we came up short. You didn't come really close. It's all right. I'll let you say it, but you didn't come really close today. I don't think you will let him say it, actually, if you're <laughs> no, that's true. I guess I'm correct. Here. <laughs> I spoke to the president just a little while ago. I told him that the best thing I think to do is to pull this bill, and he agreed with that decision. Oh, yeah, by the way. Well, no, I <laughs> mean... We're really close, but let's pull it. He's taking his... Uh, well, he was just saying, if it's going to go to the floor and they're not going to get the votes, there's no reason to expose the whole caucus to, like, who voted for, who voted against, whatever. Matt, we were texting during this thing, and I was like... Because you were saying, oh, this could be crushing to Paul Ryan, a speaker, and whatever. I was like, no, it's not. I was like, they, he doesn't give a shit, really. And Trump will support him because Trump doesn't want to look like an asshole. So. He, he said a couple weeks ago that if they don't pass this, it really hurts any momentum they have. Yeah, and I it think does. He's right. My, my ho- what I think this could do is it could start sowing dissent in, in the Republican Party. You saw people who are going for the first... Like, the Republican Party is all about holding ranks, and you cannot go against the Republican Party. For the first time, you saw 37 or however many Republicans who were breaking ranks. Well, I don't think it's so. Just, I think the dissent is already there. I think that was what we saw during the campaign. That, that's why Donald Trump is president. So, there, there wasn't a clear uh, uniformity in the party. Trump came in like a wrecking ball, essentially, and forced them all to get behind him. But, the Freedom Caucus, the Cruises, the Mike Lees, the uh, Mark Sanfords, all these people, uh, the Rand Pauls, they're the fracture within the party that should be its own party the tea party should go be its own thing the conservative quote conservative part should be its own thing the bible thumper although i guess that's sort of the tea party but these are different factions within the party and that's how it should be the democrats have the same thing you have the corporate kind of hillary democrats you have i know bernie's an independent but you have that you gotta say blue dogs yeah the blue you have more conservative people from the midwest for sure you've got the bernie side the elizabeth warrens the keith allison's Break up, break this up. Let's stop having Democrat Republican. Let's have four or five factions within each. Give us more options. That's the really well, the way that this thing should be working. Well, with first past the post, you're never going to really have a more than two party system. Is the problem first past the what? First past the post. What does that mean? It's just the uh, the way our election system is set up. That's whoever gets to fifty for. I mean, it, uh, yeah, I'm but not, we I'm can not the best explain the system. Yeah, but we can maybe. Ch- I mean, well, whatever. But that's a different story. But I'm just saying, I think these. It's positive essentially to have these factions because then they have to get together and make some kind of coalition and, but, and agreement. But but so what I was saying in terms of when I was texting you, I was saying that perhaps this is fine. The, the the dissent has been there clearly, but the John Boehner before Ryan did a very good job of maintaining party unity. So they all voted the same way or tried to. Yeah, even if there was dissent. Right. This is the. I think this is a crack in the armor, and all of a sudden you're going to get people are going to start voting their conscience, and people are going to say, "Okay, things have gone too far. We need to start. This investigation is more important than party party loyalties, or this is more important." And I think maybe that division. 
I think we're, we, the, the, we're starting to see that division. The, the problem cracks. here's the maybe, but here's the problem. The reason why the Freedom Freedom Caucus didn't vote for it is because they were like, it's too much. <laughs> this mm. is covering too many people. It's too much of a government thing. Like they were they were worried that the insurance is too much of an overreach. Whereas we know going through it that the bill itself was a terrible bill. It was going to cover less people than Obamacare anyway. The concessions that they made to the Freedom Caucus was to like cover less shit. Which lost moderates because they were like, well, that's fucking insane. So the fracture is going the wrong way. I understand what you well, mean. But these guys are so principled to the idea that government shouldn't do anything that that's why they're willing to shoot themselves in the foot and not get anything passed because they, they'd rather the government not do anything. But you see, you okay, you have 30, whatever, 30 people in the Freedom Caucus right. that if they, want, if they want to stick to principles so drastically and want to be that crazy... Then they can go be the thirty party, thirty member party all by themselves, and the moderates will go go to center. That's fine. If the, if people split off and do their own thing, maybe. But that, but I that, think more people go to center than go to the, the far far right. Maybe, but the problem is, I wouldn't characterize the the Trump care bill as center. It's right. It's very far right. But the Freedom Caucus is so fucking far right. That it makes it seem more moderate. It's not moderate. It's still a terrible bill. But there's also people in the in the center that they, that left the bill. So it's not S- some of them. They're but trying they to left- get both sides, and I think if, if you if you split them, more people will go go back to center than will go all the way to the right. The people in the center, though, like I'm saying, left the day before because they conceded stuff to the Freedom Caucus to try to get it passed, and the Freedom Caucus is so extreme that these people who are already on the right look more moderate because they're like, well, if you're not going to cover breastfeeding and you're not going to cover this and that like what what the fuck are we even doing like we can't not cover all this stuff so they were just got to a point where they're like well all right well this is ridiculous then why are we even going to bother and then they dropped out it's a party that cannot work together anymore is what it is well, they couldn't work together on this we'll see what what the situation is and meanwhile let me caution this democrats better get their fucking asses in gear and start working on a single payer bill now have something. Don't just go, ha ha, look what they did, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Have something because that's it. They just keep following being inept back and forth, you know? Come, come on, leadership. Follow behind, fall in line behind Bernie. Yeah, of course. And I have a Bernie quote that we're going to read in a minute. Let's let Paul, uh, Paul the fuck Ryan, as I like to call him, uh, continue. You have never called him. I will not share. No, I haven't. I, I do not like. He reminds me of like. Just like a pain in the ass kid in elementary school who'd be like, uh, you didn't give us our homework. That's Paul Ryan. The, the, you didn't give us our homework guy. Whereas Ted Cruz is just the asshole guy. Cruz I'd probably like. I honestly, I believe I'd like Cruz better no, than I would no, like Paul Ryan. Ted Cruz is supposedly the most hated guy in Washington. Yeah, but I find him, in, he's interesting at least. Paul Ryan is a white bread fucking bore. Ayn Randian bore. This, this is a disappointing day for us. Doing big things is hard. <laughs> that might be the next uh, soundboard sound clip. Doing big things is hard. Yeah, no shit, dummy. All of us, all of us, myself included, we will need time to reflect on how we got to this moment, what we could have done to do it better. But ultimately, this all kind of comes down to a choice. Are all of us willing to give a little to get something done? No. Are- <laughs> nope, that's the answer. We already got the answer to that. Are we willing to say yes to the good, to the very good, even if it's not the perfect? Because if we're willing to do that, we still have such an incredible opportunity in front of us. There remains so much that we can do to help improve people's lives, and we will. The president gave his all in this effort. He did everything he possibly could 
to help people see the opportunity that we have with this bill. He's really how did he oh. been fantastic. Okay, so he's on board. How? What? What did he do? That was like where was he out there like doing something fantastic all the time trying to push the bill? Like I don't remember him saying anything. It's good. I mean, we're gonna replace it with something great. He didn't say anything about the bill. I don't remember seeing him out there doing much. Alternative facts, bro. Alternative facts. Still, we got to do better and we will. I absolutely believe that. This is a setback, no two ways about it. Yeah. But it is not the end of the story. Okay. Because I know that every man and woman in this conference is now motivated more than ever to step up our game, to deliver on our promises. I know that everyone is committed to seizing this incredible opportunity that we have, and I sure am. All right. Thank you, Paul Ryan. Doing big things is hard. Yeah. Right. That's why you don't try to get something that took or should take a year to do, essentially. You tried to do it in, what, three weeks? They tried to get this thing done? It's idiocy. Here is <laughs> my favorite. My my quickly becoming the breakout star of this administration, the White House press baby himself, Sean Spicer. Here we go. Make no mistake about it. I mean, the president made it clear last night. This is it. You know, you have an opportunity to do what you've told the American people, the commitment that we as a party have made. Um, but this is your chance to do what we've done. We've listened, we've incorporated, we've updated um, in every way possible. I don't think when you look at legislative efforts, I think the president has given it his all. And, and so, but he's made it clear that this is our moment. This is our opportunity to do it. Um, but it is now up to members to make that decision whether or not they want to be part of this effort to repeal Obamacare. You can't force someone to vote a certain way. Um, we've, I, I think in the sense that has he done every single thing, has he pulled out every stop, has he called every member, has he tweaked every tweak, has he done every single thing he can possibly uh, and used Do you every- mean tweeted every tweet? Okay, very I, good, Trump. I don't very wanna, good. I don't want to picture Donald Trump tweaking things. I like my nipples played with a bit. Melania. Every minute of every day that's possible to get this thing through, then the answer is yes. Has the team put everything out there? Have we left everything on the field? Absolutely. Can you stop making sports analogies, you dummies? I have a question. I mean, we've thrown every Hail Mary we could. So when they say this is it, that means they're done. Until it collapses. So the wood health care is never going to come up. And it doesn't collapse in the next eight years. Then they're done. They're done. Yeah, I think so. That's great. It makes it much easier. Too hard. Didn't realize. Hey, this isn't a dictatorship, and we've got to expect members. Um, to Wait, it's not. I'm out. Ultimately, vote to you know how the, how they will according to what they think. But I think they're as the president made clear they're the ones who have to go back and answer to their constituents why they didn't fulfill a pledge that they made. All right. So that's the uh, that's what you hear from the administration and the leadership. Meanwhile, the Democrats, led by Bernie Sanders, have a real opportunity to push for a universal health care system. This is Bernie Sanders. We have got to have the guts to take on the insurance companies and the drug companies and move forward toward a Medicare for all single payer program. And I'll be introducing legislation shortly to do that. All right. Good, Bernie. Do it. To that end, on Monday, the Kansas State Senate began debate on a bill to expand Medicaid to cover 150,000 more Kansans who are currently uninsured in the wake of the Trump care failure, which I do believe you're going to start to see more and more now because there's a lot of these conservative states. And Brownback, who's the governor of Kansas, is against this. But if the legislature passes, he's probably going to have to write it into law. They are going to have to start exploring their options as to making Obamacare work. For a long time, a lot of these conservative places 
refused to expand Medicaid, refused to take funds from the federal government to set up the um, exchanges. The right? exchanges. Yeah, I couldn't think of the word. But now they're going to have to think about it because it's clear that this incompetent administration is not going to be able to get as much done as they claim to be able to get done. And they legitimately have to cover people. That's the rub. Like these guys that want to stick to their conservative principles and this and that people are going to die. So you're either going to stay in office and bite the bullet and try to fix Obamacare, or you're just going to let people die, which is probably not going to be the best way to stay in office. So they're going to have to make up their minds about it. Even better expanding Medicaid will work. That's the problem, and that's what they should be afraid of. If Medicaid expansion and Medicare expansion and whatever continues, it's going to show that a single-payer government-run system does work. That's going to be the issue, and, and I'm more than happy to see that happen. And that's what Republicans fear. If, if a single-payer system works. They should work, fear that. If, that's, if a single-payer system works, then people realize they don't stand for them. And at the same time, Sam Brownback is not someone we should be listening to. He's a dead man walking in that governorship. Is he? I mean, everything I read about him, you know about Hall's tax... Oh, everything he's been doing with the tax code there? No. So his whole thing in Kansas is that he's done completely, he's completely bought into the whole uh, Reaganomics, trickle-down economics thing, gone. Like He's completely cut taxes for the rich and made a terrible system there to the point where the entire system is failing. They lost court cases where they were trying to cut the number of, uh, numbers of school days you could have mm. because they couldn't afford to keep schools open. A lot mm. of states are starting to do that well, and not the states you want. Well... <laughs> But but so basically, <laughs> so it's reached a point. It's actually reached a point there where the like the hardcore Republicans are getting voted out of office, and there's a lot more Democrats, and they almost have enough Republicans that are voting against Brownback to I think like two votes away from a veto-proof majority in really? terms of yeah, but for, that- for overturning the Republican tax reform, like they the tax the Republican tax plan has failed so miserably in the state of Kansas that the Republicans are revolting against it. All right, very interesting. Well, anyway, so to the point to that point though. People are starting to realize that the same old song about trickle down or, like I, you know, uh, buying over state lines and all that shit. Which, by the way, was that even in the Trump Care Bill? Being able to buy over state lines? No, they, they it wasn't even state clear. exchange. I didn't hear anybody mention it. Um, the, you were starting to see, and people are starting to realize. And but the Democrats need to capitalize. I want them out there all the time talking about single payer, but have a bill, mm-hmm. have a group, sit down. Meet every week. Start writing the bill. Keep the fucking insurance companies out of it. Figure out how we're going to expand Medicaid and eventually Medicare to cover everybody. And that's it. That's what you should be pushing for. And I do believe on some level Trump is convincible because he doesn't really know. He doesn't really have principles. He He, doesn't care. And like Matt said, he's kind of advocated for that to begin with. Here's the opinion opinion of the last person who had his his ear. Absolutely. And we said that. He 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 is somebody that you can get in there and kind of, not trick necessarily, but get compromise. Yeah, give, hit him with some praise. Let him tell him, oh, listen, I think we can get something done here. You look great. We'd love it. Whoever best feathers his nuts is the one who uh, correct who gets his gets his ear. Correct. You do this, you sign it. What? You do this, you sign it. Right. It gets passed. Just feather Trump's nuts. You guys want to talk about our next sponsor? Yes. Our second sponsor for the episode. It's very exciting. Then we're gonna get to uh, Donald Trump the administration on climate change and the environment. We're going to talk about our internet browsing history for sale. I'm going to be in trouble. Fuck me too, man. And then we got the two lists and then we got the Sean Hannity clip and then we'll close it out. Blue apron. Blue apron is the number one fresh ingredient recipe delivery service 
In this country, Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, and they achieve this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. To that point, not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from, which I completely agree with. It's definitely, I think, where the country's heading and where the appetite, no pun intended, of the country is headed to be able to get food from a local grocer from a local uh farmer from whatever somebody in your region it just makes sense to do that and it's going to be a lot better for the environment long term it's going to be better for communities as well uh here's the deal blue apron is affordable for less than ten dollars per person per meal blue apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals here are four Featured upcoming meals. These aren't the only meals that they offer, but these are like the featured four that, that are coming up soon. Spinach and fresh mozzarella pizza with olives, bell peppers, and ricotta salata. Mm. Ooh, that sounds nice. Especially as it gets towards the spring. That's not too heavy, but that, that'll fill you up. That's good food. Sweet and sour salmon with bok choy, carrot, and ginger fried rice. Uh, restaurant quality food that you can make in less than 40 minutes. You and the family cooked together that sounds terrific parmesan crusted joey's all over this one parmesan crusted chicken with creamy fettuccine and roasted mm. broccoli mm. yeah mm, mm. indeed baby broccoli and fontina paninis with hard-boiled egg and arugula salad can i tell you what hard-boiled egg underrated in a dinner or like on a salad that's a nice addition that's like banana in a fruit salad that's how i feel about hard-boiled egg in a regular salad that's good stuff joey Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Samson. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Samson. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Let me ask you something. Did you say three meals free with free shipping by yes. going to blueapron.com slash Samson? Is that correct? Yes, I did. God damn, I thought I heard you wrong, but that's a good deal. And let me tell you, just like Harry's, you support Blue Apron, you support this podcast, and we're not steering you wrong. We're not going to put something on the show that we don't think is actually good. Like I've said a number of times, my parents have been eating the Blue Apron since they started sponsoring the program. They love it because they don't repeat a meal. They don't repeat a menu item for a whole year. You're not going to get the same. That's unbelievable. 365, if you want, different meals. Unbelievable. And my parents are loving it. They, they're, they're, my mom goes, Oh, I never had a barramundi. It's great. She loves it now. That's something you would have never thought of. They got a friggin' culinary chef on board that's coming up with all these recipes. That's good stuff. So I think you should try it out. Blueapron.com slash Samson, S A M P S O N. Give it a shot. Now, we were just talking about a sustainable food system. We're talking about, you know, knowing where your food comes from, it's healthy, it's fresh, having an idea, uh, some kind of responsibility towards the planet. Mm -hmm. The president, Donald Trump, took executive action on Tuesday to undo numerous provisions of former President Obama's clean power plan, which will have dramatic consequences on the climate and the fuel industry. Uh, if I could turn the page, I'd be able to tell you what's next. Here are a few things that come out of this executive order on doing the clean power plan, which is no joke. This is a big deal. The executive order one orders the interior department to end a moratorium on new coal mine leasing on federal land. 
Oh, good. What is it with this coal mining? The war on coal is over. It's so dumb. That's like saying the war on measles is over and we're just going to stop giving out vaccines. How about we don't need measles. We're going to take the vaccines. We need energy, but we do not need coal. It's making people fucking sick. They get black lung. It's a dirty energy. Even clean coal is a fucking misnomer. That's insane. And so this is something now that Trump, I'm going to put these people back to work. Okay. We can put them back to work doing clean energy stuff. We can build wind farms. Well, well, it's not even going to bring jobs back because at the end of the day, if you look at the jobs that are being created, that would be brought back there. A lot of it is engineering jobs. It's more white collar. Right. Because more of the work, less of the work is people in the mines with pickaxes, Zoolander style. Right. It's more, it's more all done by big machines run yeah, by one robotics, person. Of course. So the irony is that, like I saw, I saw a good post today from someone from West Virginia, like a friend of mine, that the actual jo- the jobs being created by the by clean energy are jobs that these blue collar people know how to do. If you can put a roof on your house, you can have, you can install solar panels. Yeah, that's a good job. Of course, what are these, these guys so, aren't stupid. You so, can teach them how to do it. They're willing to work. They're, yeah, they're good, hardworking people. Right. Obviously, just, they're willing to go down into the fucking depths of the earth. So f- all day in so, the dark. So you want these jobs? Have jobs installing solar panels. Have yeah. these jobs that are. Act, they take skills. Might need, you need to learn a few new things, but it's entirely within your realm. Yeah, of, invest into of that knowledge. community, of course. And you know the other point: uh, how many jobs is it going to create? A lot of people are furloughed <laughs> because of the automation. Because of the so, at best, you're just putting people that already had the job back on the job, but you're not necessarily adding new jobs, no. which is nice for those people. Of course, they they need help. Also, a lot of these counties that he's talking about in West Virginia and whatever these coal mining towns huge issues with opium like opioids different prescription pills Nar- narco- nar- narcotics, narcotics. In yeah it's a, it's a bad situation in a lot of these places they need good sustainable good paying jobs they need health care for sure uh okay two the executive order directs agencies to reconsider rules limiting emissions from fracking Hydraulic fracturing, as it's properly called. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's let's think about. It. Let's just go. Well, it's probably not that bad. We can rethink these rules. So basically, just opening it up to be like, go crazy, fuckers, put whatever you want into the atmosphere. And like we've talked about before, I believe on the show, and you can see it in Gasland, which is a great documentary. And there's a second part to that now too. But the fracturing itself, putting the water deep into these, you know, wells to break up the shale. Mm-hmm. To get the natural gas out. That's radiation, right? Well, no, not necessarily. But we don't really know what's in the the fracking water. We don't know what's in that. But they shoot it down into the ground to break up the shale to release the natural gas. But then you got to do something with the water that you use. What they do is they spray it up into the air through like sprinklers so the sun can get rid of it quicker. It evaporates. But then you're putting all these fucking toxic mix of whatever the fuck chemicals into the atmosphere, which can be extremely damaging as well. I mean, it's stuff like sulfuric acid in there. Well, we don't know, right? There's well, just I, a... I know for I know for a fact sulfuric oh, okay. acid isn't there. All right, so that's there. one, and I mean, God it, knows how many more. Basically, the, I mean, the purpose of the fluids in there is it's a bunch of water that you then you and you're trying to you know, water and sand is the important things, but you're trying to inject the water into the ground at high pressure. It creates cracks in the rock, and then and you creates want, earthquakes. By the way, well, yeah, well, but it causes tremors. I mean. But so the whole purpose is you create the uh, so you're creating all these cracks in the rock. That's a fracturing. And then the sand that you have in there goes in there and keeps the cracks open and allow and increases the permeability. Right. So there's high it's high porosity rock. So there's lots of pores holding the oil. You're trying to get that to flow freely. You inject the sand in there. It holds the pores open. But the problem is, you put sand in water. It doesn't stay in the water. 
it just it uh, right, precipitates it, the, it settles to the bottom. So the it's all these chemicals that are trying making it so sand stays in water and stays Ugh. soluble in water. It's just some fucking goop and they're Which, shooting into the ground and then they're putting up into the air and being like, well, it'll be fine. So, in, in, but let's reconsider the in, rules in, limiting that. In theory, that doesn't sound so bad, but uh, so the real issue is it become wet, like the shooting up in the water into the air, or they, I mean, people who frack claim that oh they have no they understand crack propagation so well that none of these cracks are going into the water systems and oh, they're just staying stop. within the rock formation. Yeah. The problem is that's not entirely true. That's the second the second you get a crack that permeates into the into a water system, then you have water leaching into the yeah. local system, and that is where the problem comes. Of course, three kills guidance requiring requiring climate change uh, be considered in environmental reviews for infrastructure products uh, projects. Excuse me. So you don't even have to consider the fact that climate change is a thing now. Now you just build whatever. We're not worried about it. Don't worry about it. It's not a real thing. Four, calls for a recalculating of the social cost of carbon, which puts a dollar value on what greenhouse gas emissions cost society. It's going to save a lot of money, Brock. Absolutely. A lot of money. I mean, well, it's going to, co- it's going to save a lot of money for certain corporations and businesses in the short term. Long term, it's going to fuck society as a whole because, like we've talked about, the cost of climate change is going to be astronomical. People moving from different areas, having to build different structures. It's going to be an absolute disaster and this only serves to propel us towards that disaster finally it demands federal agencies rethink any policy that stands in the way of energy development and cancels other obama era climate efforts such as his climate action plan which proposed a reduction in carbon dioxide emissions and also included preserving forests encouraging the use of alternative fuels and increased study of climate change that is now gone wow what a great guy. I'm so glad he's in office. One stroke to do of this. a pen, bro. One stroke of a pen. It's just idiocy. You know, it's 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 doing nothing. It's well, it's not doing nothing. It's it's hurting. And in the short term, for what? Some short term profit for corporations that already have a ton of money to give a couple of people jobs when we've already talked about there's probably better opportunities for them to begin with. And, it's a real nightmare. And to prop up the the failing coal companies to uh the fail, yeah, he's like <laughs> the failing New York Times. What they're the failing coal. It's not because of the workers. Make no mistake about it; those people are doing their jobs. It's just a, it's a, it's an industry that is being passed by. The Pony Express went out of business eventually. They were just like, you know what? Not worth it. Not worth it. We can send it by a train. We don't need to send it on a horse. It doesn't make sense. We're not in 1860s England anymore. Coal right. is not the the new and upcoming thing. Right, right. What is this Oliver Twist? We can fucking get. Is that right? It's some, any Dickensian novel. Yeah, you get it. You get the point. Yeah, I got uh, your... According to a HuffPo YouGov poll, 57% of Americans believe climate change is real and human-caused. 24% think it's real, but not necessarily human-caused. And 5% don't think anything's happening because they're fucking stupid, but you can get 5% of people to agree on basically anything. You get 5% of people to agree that they should be killed. Probably, right? If you did it's a poll... Much. It's called suicide Suicide by cop, Chris. Yeah, or whatever. Just like, yeah, I guess. Probably, probably do deserve to die. I don't know. Probably trick them. Uh, 55% want us to stay in the Paris Climate Agreement, which was struck under President Obama, a historic agreement. Uh, Trump has obviously talked about ripping that up, and he's taking a lot of steps here to kind of not let us meet the requirements of that agreement, and the United States needs to be at the forefront. And if we're not, it's going to go by the wayside. And finally... This is more speculative than this stuff. Mm-hmm. This is all concrete stuff, but still unnerving. Geoengineering experiments. Joey, I asked you to do a little research into this. This is something that people believe will be more possible under Trump. 
Um, you know, because again, he's more of a guy to be like, go ahead, give it a shot without thinking about the consequences, consequences of it. And there are people in his administration that are for this type of experimentation. Joey, tell the people what, uh, they're thinking about. Are you ready for me to explain to you some science? Yeah. Drop some science on me, Joey. So we have David Keith and Frank Kutzen. Okay. Two engineers from Harvard. I'll allow it. (laughs) From Harvard now. They are going to have people give them $10 million, and they're going to spray sulfate particles into the atmosphere. Now, these particles are going to reflect the sun's radiation back into space. Uh And by doing this, you decrease the temperature of Earth. Now, they're going to do this. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. Let's slow down on that. Okay. (laughs) They're going to, it's sulfate particles? Yes. They're going to spray sulfate particles. And where are they doing this? Arizona. Arizona. Well, always back to Arizona. Very sunny place. Yeah, good. Well, let's do it. Uh, They're going to spray the shit up in the air with the idea being because it's this black metallic shit, it's going to reflect the sun's rays and energy and everything back towards the sun. Yeah, back towards the sun. Which will help cool the earth and then we can continue along our merry way destroying whatever we want, burning coal, just being complete animals on earth. This will prevent that. Wow. That sounds like the plot... Remember in the Matrix, and I just watched Mad Max, and they're like, they destroyed the ozone. They destroyed the sky. Everything turned black. That's what this sounds like to me, that, that these guys are just not going to think about it. They're going to go, yeah, it works. And eventually, they're just going to blow up the sun. What, wouldn't that energy and shit go back towards the sun, affect the sun and space? No, Matt's saying no. Matt, no, God, Matt, you want to it, talk It's about? going back in the infinite void of space. Okay. The problem is- Well, we don't know. So th- What if it comes back around? So greenhouse gases- It doesn't work like what that. What okay. greenhouse gases is that- Energy, so the sun's rays come down, warm the earth, and then traditionally the some a lot of it goes is just reflected back into the atmosphere, into the into the void of space. Right. Greenhouse gases, so carbon dioxide, methane, all these carbon-based uh, molecules traps that. In yeah, our it keeps it just keeps it in our atmosphere more than it should be. Right. It's like so a, that's why it's we're like a cellophane essentially around the so, planet. So so basically, the, what this idea is proposing is that we just put a reflective cer- basically a mirror around the. The Earth that'll reflect it back into so that would be so the, so the sulfate particles would be theoretically beyond the carbons. I mean, right? So like the carbons are trapping stuff in, but then the sulfate would go outside of the carbons so to reflect it before it even gets in. It would be f- it would, so if there's less overall heat coming in, right? So it's going to be in the stratosphere. If, the, if it prevents some of the energy from getting in, so then the carbon will still be trapping what gets in in, but less is coming in, so it has a it'll reduce the energy coming into the atmosphere. Seems, see, but it's, okay. I mean, obviously I'm not an engineer. I don't know. We'd have to read more about it. But to me, it seems like they're going to in some way be trapping the heat and the energy between the sulfate and the, the, the carbon in the atmosphere, which could be a major problem as well. Right. And wouldn't this also affect space exploration and things like that? We talked about the space junk that's orbiting the planet. Wouldn't this also affect that? They'd have to take that into consideration. They'd be flying through it. I believe even with this space exploration, you have the radiation belts above the planets too. Well, that no, we I haven't figured that well, out no, yet. We got to the no. I mean, it, it would, if it's just a aerosolized sulfate, par- sulfate. I mean, whether it be gas or just well, we don't vapor, know what the fuck they're going to. I mean, it's probably yeah. some sort of vapor. Uh, vapor. It wouldn't really. I mean, it would just be a gas that any spaceship, any okay. spaceship can go through. It. But would this block out the light of the sun as well? Maybe to like some sunglasses degree. on. I mean, maybe to some degree. I'm not. I. I don't. I haven't done enough research. I'm, I'm right. not one of these well, yeah, of scientists. Course, right. And it's. I mean, it's a cool. It's an interesting prospect to me. Whether I think it's 
I'm I'm not opposed to necessarily looking into things like this, but whether that's actually the right answer. And right. There, there is certain parts of it that I can see you say, like when you say, oh, this sounds post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Yeah, it could go down that path really quickly. So. Yeah, it sounds like Morpheus is going to show up any minute. So, you know, we but, should be careful. That's the thing, too. Like, I, I don't want it to seem like I'm some kind of Luddite or whatever. I, I do find it fascinating. I think that science is going to play, obviously, a ma- you know, as though it hasn't already, but it's going to play a major part in, you know, the development of this planet over the next 10, 15, 20 years. Like, real, real big things are going to happen. Um, and yeah, I'm not opposed to it out of hand, but I don't want this administration to be the one that's okaying it because God knows who they're going to allow to do what, um, and shit like this obviously can get out of hand pretty quickly and have unintended consequences. God, Joey, continue with this. So Keith tried to do something similar to this to in back in New Mexico in 2012, but came to the conclusion that maybe it's not such a good idea and decided to cancel. Or good Mexico, as I call it. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> he uh, would, right? He would call. <laughs> yes. Okay. No, so, no, no. It went Demo- New Mexico is a democratic state. It's not good Mexico then. Decent Mexico. <laughs> so as we know, uh, David Shenef uh-huh. is the archetype of Trump's Environmental Protection Protection Agency. Architect. Yes. So his uh, plan is to have real world testing within 18 months. Uh-huh. So you take 18 months to test this, and then within three years, apply it for 100 years. So he's gun-ho to go, you know what? This is going to work. So what? Would you say within three years he wants to be doing that for 100 years? Yes. Yeah, so you have 18 months of practice. Right. Then, regardless of what happens, apparently, do it. Well, no, not regardless of what happens. Assuming oh, I'm assu- it works, right? <laughs> yeah, assuming it works. I'd say we just keep it going bigger. It didn't work small, but let's try it big. <laughs> so, see, play play for, play with it 18 months. Right. Three years, make it happen, and then you do it 400 years. Oh, my God. Well, see, that's the problem, and that's what I'm concerned about. It's like this could all happen within ter- Trump's first term. Who's going to be there to stop him? Nobody. Right. That's very disconcerting. Well, Another question ethically is, yep. who has does America have the legal right to affect the atmosphere of the entire world like this? Well, that's right, oh, that's a great question. Great so, but question. or is it just could they limit it to just over the United States? No, no, no. Makes sense. I they mean, have to do it globally. So, so, if you're doing it in Arizona, it's going uh, in the stratosphere. The winds can reach 200 miles per hour, and if you're doing it 75 miles from Mexico, it's going to affect Mexico at the very least. Yeah, and Mexico might not want to have that, so I think Mexico is trying to work on an injunction to prevent them from even doing this. Oh, okay. All right, well, that's good. Because it's going to blow. Well, see, because here, see, now this is what I'm talking about. This is where I get into that we destroyed the sky type of shit. We do it. We just do it. Say, it gets out of hand. It gets fucked up. Now, China just developed something that's going to counteract our bullshit. Now, we've got a real situation where we're just injecting shit into the atmosphere. I, I don't well, know. Well, you, you don't trust this, this shit. And part of the reason I'm assuming, I'm assuming they were talking about perpetually injecting it as you get into more long-term things right my assumption would be that that would mean as you're injecting it it's still eventually slowly falling to earth and it's not a permanent part of the atmosphere that would be my assumption about why you have to constantly inject it right right but then wouldn't it affect rain and wouldn't it then get into our drinking water and different shit and like affect the ocean there's all that's the thing there's all of these you can't start (laughs) because <laughs> then you don't stop. That's the problem. I got a quote for you. Oh, sure. The quote is coming from the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Con- Climate, yeah. said by Kevin... The worthless UN. Turnbuss. Uh-huh. <clears throat> cutting 
incoming soma radiation affects the weather and hydraulic cycle. It promotes drought, it destabilizes things, and causes wars. The side effects are many, and our models are just not good enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> of but course. we're going to do it. Well, we're going to see what they're going to do. do it. But it's, it, it's not necessarily going to happen, but it's just that it, this is a thing where it's like, oh, no. This is not the correct administration to be working on this at all. I mean, I think I'm looking at more as like it's a scientist trying to do these things. I Well, the article, you're right. The, this specifically is a scientist trying to do it. The article was pointing out, though, the people that are into geoengineering and whatever are in the Trump administration and that there's going to be more of an appetite to allow more people to just give a sh- give the well, shit a shot, you know? Well, so the, I don't like their motives, that their motives are they want to, uh, if we can just fix this in, with a man-made solution, we can keep using fossil fuels. Right, I don't which like is, that motive. Right, which is also just a complaint, exactly, which we haven't really mentioned. It's a great point. It's just a totally irresponsible, stupid way of looking at it. So, so, I mean, and they also maybe they want to profit off running these companies. That doesn't mean the science is bad. No, So, I, so I agree. don't, don't right. mix the two up, I'd say. For sure. Uh, I mean, I believe that if you want, it, I don't believe that, Solving global global warming is solely to be done through cutting cutting emissions. I think it's a we have it's a multi multifaceted problem. Yeah, it's a social I mean, cultural. It is a hum, it's, it's a human problem. Like if we can't uh, develop human beings in such a way that we recognize the co- the responsibility we have, as opposed to just being like, oh, we got a free lunch here. That's that's the issue. I, mean, I think there's really three things we have to change up our lifestyle. We need to invest in uh, invest in new technology. Yeah, and we have. And Which we're not well, doing. Well, now. yeah, we have to invest in uh, renewable resources, and then we. There, I think that we can do more to do carbon, like carbon capture and other geoengineering sure. projects to change change the world. Yeah, although I saw something about carbon capture. I think it's um, Statoil or whatever. It's Norway's. Uh, yeah, that's Norway. Um, they're doing that where, but they t- they capture the carbon and they shoot it underground. And it's like, uh, yeah, like uh, okay, it does limit. Re- um, emissions, but it doesn't really limit emissions; it just hides it under the bed. That can't be good long term. It just well, can't be. I mean, but uh, although I guess that is where carbon is coming from to begin with. But whatever. yeah, at the same time, it could uh, carbon capture could be many things. It could be having algae farms that right. Ca- can you turn the al- turn? Can you turn algae into food and then do something with we that? We should make robot. Like when we create the robots, they should eat shit. Right? They should mm-hmm. eat this stuff that's bad for the environment. <laughs> eat the poisons. Yeah. Chris telling robots to eat shit. Yeah, eat shit, robot. Alexa, eat shit. Google, okay, Google, eat shit. <laughs> uh, fuck you. Okay, thank you. Uh, all right, good discussion. Now, listen to this. This is bad news, Joey. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday, the House voted to allow internet service providers uh, to sell information about consumers' browsing history without their knowledge or consent. Nicely done. The GOP logic behind this is that because Google and Facebook and other large companies like that uh, aren't bound by the privacy rules that they voted to get rid of, then the ISP shouldn't be bound by them either, (laughs) which is a dumb logic. Why not just put the restrictions on Facebook then as well? But okay. Because the ISPs give them money where Facebook doesn't. Well, yeah, of course. And now, again... It's not. It's really for cons, con, for advertisement and different stuff like that because the government can get your internet browsing history to begin with. I would assume if they really want to get it. It's just another example of Republicans kowtowing to a special interest group or a money lobby. There's lists that you can go. I think it's on theverge.com where you can go and you can see 
all the money that got paid to people that voted in favor of the, you know, uh, allowing this to happen, getting rid of the restriction. You can see they're getting paid, you know, 50,000, 60,000, which is a lot in a, like a little congressional district. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money, uh, from the ISP. So here we are again. Now, Joey, I have stuff. I have, uh, plugins on my Firefox browser that I like to use which doesn't allow my browser history to be recorded. I don't Hmm. keep a browser history. I have a lot of bookmarks, but I don't keep a browser history. So I don't know. I mean, I guess it probably is being recorded somewhere, but to me, this doesn't really affect my life that much, I don't think. But it's still not good to have this targeted, creepy, targeted advertising based on stuff that you looked at. I don't know. It's just weird. Now, if you're, if you, like, you can't, it doesn't record your browser history in your computer, but does that mean the ISP can't record it? Right, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. So right. I, I don't think that necessarily makes you safe. I think if you actually want to be safe, you might have to go with a VPN. Yeah, which I have that also. Okay, okay. if yeah. you have a VPN, then you're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there any way to explain to me quickly on what a VPN is? It's a virtual proxy network, right? Or protocol network. Essentially, what a VPN is, it, tell, it, it makes it seem like your IP address is not where you are. It's sort of randomizing it okay. every time you use the internet, basically. So instead of it being like, you're in New York, New York right now, and they know that they you know it's just like a uh-huh. fictional day it'll just say maybe i'm in singapore or i'm in thailand or whatever you know what i mean it's just going to randomize where my ip address oh, is okay and so it just uh, creates another level of privacy essentially so which you can get for free i mean it's free i use uh let me actually see which one it is this is for it's called browse sec yeah, which I use on Mozilla. But there's a lot of free ones. And it's just free. It's just a thing that you install into the browser. Yeah. And you have it on and it, uh, you know, randomizes your IP address. It's just a good thing to have. But yes, to your point, right. I mean, they the ISP probably could be tracking my browser history. But again, they're not selling your direct browser history. They're selling information in reference to your browser history. So it's not exactly the sites you visited, but they can have an idea of what you do like to look at. So what my primary concern with this is... Is um so you're gonna have all the internet companies recording your history, and you know that you're gonna well, play. No, you- they're not recording. Oh well, maybe you know we don't know. They shouldn't be technically. Well, but I'm they're assuming allowed to sell they're gonna your start doing it so they could sell it. Anyway, uh, we all know that they'll shit up their credit card numbers and social security numbers and what you might have. What happens when somebody hacks all that shit? Well, that's already out there. This is a different thing. I mean, I think you're confusing two things. That's already there. That's in your phone. People have that saved in their browser already. It has nothing to do with browser history. Browser history is I went to, you know, mandatorysampson.com. That's the web. That's the browser history. Then I went to bomb making, you know, Uh sites or whatever. Like, that's browser history. This is about targeted advertising. Yeah. It's not about, they can get your credit card shit is already out there. Because if you bank online, it's already saved somewhere. Yeah, okay. So that's two different things. But if you go to wellsfargo.com and then you go to blah, blah, blah.com and then you buy sweatpants, then they can kind of put together a picture of the type of person. You know, like that's yeah. why what it's useful for. Um, yeah. All right. Forbes, we got three more things, but the third thing is quick. It's just a Hannity clip, which I like. Forbes billionaire list came out. A record 2,000. 43 billionaires make up the Forbes list for 2017, an increase of 233 on the 2016 list and the largest increase in 31 years. The number of billionaires, once again, 2043 with a net worth of $7.67 trillion. The United States has 565 billionaires 
worth $2.76 trillion. The Asia Pacific region region has 720 billionaires worth 2.7 trillion. Uh, the American billionaires worth more than you, China. Uh, Europe has 530 billionaires for a grand total of $2.05 trillion. Other Americas, Latin America, South America, 128 billionaires, $0.5 trillion. Why don't they just, uh, well, whatever. Uh, and the Middle East and Africa is a hundred, even for point two eight trillion dollars in net worth. Once again, massive income inequality. It's the biggest increase in thirty one years. There's more billionaire year after year after year. How is that possible when the middle class and the lower classes are sh- getting bigger? Their amount of wealth and influence is shrinking. Yet. Another couple of hundred billionaires. It's interesting. It's interesting data to follow. I got nothing for you. The f- okay. The Money's f- money, brah. Well, all right. But it, but at this point, it's becoming so concentrated. Again, it's time to just flip, flip over the board. I think we got to redistribute some of this wealth. <laughs> and a good way to do it, a good start, would be to give people health care. That would be a fair way to do it. What are you, Chris? A damn socialist? Yeah, to an extent, yes. The first 10 entries on the 2017 Forbes list of billionaires have a combined net worth of $612 billion. Are you gentlemen interested in hearing the top 10 billionaires? Let's hear it. Bill Gates, mm-hmm. the Microsoft founder. Oh, you're, is, not, you're not going to go 10, 10th to 1st? Uh, well, I already blew it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> there, kind of, now but, everyone knows Bill Gates is the richest man in the world. Bill Gates is the richest man in the world. Um, it looks like... Oh, that's weird. It doesn't say what his net worth is. That's a lot. Bills? But yeah, it's over... It's like 80-something billion. Those are the things it was 82 billion? 82 billion, yeah. I'm looking at the chart here, but it doesn't say exactly. Warren Buffett, his close friend, is number two. Oh, yeah, I watched that documentary, Becoming Warren Buffett or whatever. Mm-hmm. Interesting. He's a weird dude, for sure, but an interesting guy. Interesting documentary. I think worth checking out. He comes in second. He's obviously the investor at Berkshire Hathaway. He's, uh, let's call it $75 billion or $78 billion. Jeff Bezos, the Amazon founder, is around $75 billion. He mm. comes in third. Amancio Ortega, who's a fashion retail entrepreneur, I guess. I believe, I believe he owns Zara. Zara, yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. In the $70 billion range. Mark Zuckerberg, the Facebook founder, and arguably the reason that Donald Trump became president, is, well, that's not true. That's an exaggeration. I think he, I, that guy's name is Vladimir Putin, and he's actually probably much higher on this list than uh, anyone gives him credit for. Yeah, really. Well, that's an interesting he, point. I've heard right? arguments that he's worth like $200 billion, but that's why he's still president, because yeah. he can't give up his power. Right, who knows? Um, Mark Zuckerberg, once again, rounds out the top five. He's in the 50 something billion dollar range. Carlos Slim and family, they own a bunch of mobile networks. They are also in the 50s. Larry Ellison, the Oracle founder, at number seven, Charles and David Koch tied at number eight with about fifty billion dollars apiece. Hmm. And former governor of New York Michael Bloomberg comes in tenth at like forty nine billion dollars. That's the top ten. Uh, the first three UK entries on the Forbes list of billionaires have a combined net worth of thirty nine billion. We don't have to read all that, but all right, uh, and that's it. So it's just interesting again. Fucking income inequality, wealth inequality is a huge problem. We keep seeing it. We can talk about it in the abstract and go, well, the more rich people there are, the better it is for everybody because they're going to create jobs. Really? Where are they doing that? How is that happening? There's more rich people than ever, and we can't seem to get out of this hole because that's, that, that is the problem, and it's not the solution. 
it, I mean, yeah, it's so, showing how there's so much disparity that we this the, the rich getting richer does not mean a healthier society. No, hel- it's actually I think a sicker society. A, lo- a larger place. middle class spreading that money out over more people and having a larger middle class it makes right. for a healthier society. Well, and actually, and here's the thing: there could be more wealthy people, rich people. But we don't have to have billionaires to that extent, 50, 60, 70 billion. And it's no, not money even just sits there really anyway. demonizing them. It's like these people have done things to get that amount of money. Some of them inherited it, the Cokes, whatever. But they can still have that money, but they can have it when the rest of the economy and when the rest of the world and the rest of the culture is not sick anymore. If we can get this stuff fixed, then have at it. That's how I feel about Wall Street, too. Separated from the community banks. Do all the speculation you want, but blow your own money. Don't be tied to the well-being too big to fail. That's a problem, and that's what we're seeing here because now you're getting people that are almost too big to fail at a certain point. It's dangerous. It's really dangerous, and they're not reinvesting the money. The Bill Gateses, the the Warren Buffetts, they are, but the Cokes aren't. You know, I mean, they're throw they throw around to their own charities, which tend to be of course, nef- more nefarious, right? So, all right. Finally, or second, the penultimate story we have, the UN Happiness Report, which I think kind of goes hand in hand, which is why I wanted to talk about both of them. Four of the five happiest countries in the world are Nordic nations, while four of the five unhappiest countries are in Africa. Sure, war-torn problems. Uh, The top five happiest countries on Earth, based on this UN report. They're going to do a countdown properly this time? Yeah. Coming in at number five, the Finns. Finland is number five. Number four, the Swiss, Switzerland. Iceland, Iceland is number three, the Vikings. Uh, second place, Denmark. And coming in, number one on the UN Global Happiness Report, Norway, where my favorite hockey player, Matt Zuccarello, comes from. Uh, let me say this. Mm-hmm. Norway, Iceland, and Finland all have single-payer healthcare systems, while Denmark has a two-tier system. Essentially, everybody gets covered, but then you can also purchase secondary mm-hmm. insurance for faster access or better doctors or whatever. But uh, And then the Swiss have a mandate, which requires everybody to have insurance. 99% of people in Switzerland are covered, either through their own means or through their employment. Here are some selected countries from this chart that I pulled off the article. The U.S. is 14th on the happiness index. 14th. Mm-hmm. Not number one. 14. The U.K. is number 19. Japan is 51st, which is kind of surprising, I guess. But they have some political corruption going on there, and obviously Fukushima. They have, they have some issues. Uh, China is 79th, and India is 122nd on the happiness hmm. index. The bottom five, Rwanda, Syria, yeah, Tanzania, Burundi, and the Central African Republic are the 151st through 155th least happy countries on the planet. Yeah, they're war torn. Yeah, just not a good situation, obviously. Um, all right, do I have another chart here? No, that's it. All right, you ready to get on with this uh, final clip? Sean Hannity talking to Ted Koppel. It's a good clip. Great clip. We could talk about it in a second. I'll play it in a second. Um, I just want to say, like, before we play the clip, before we do our little wrap-up, thanks again to Harry's and Blue Apron for supporting the program. We really appreciate it. Harry's.com slash Samson. Get the free trial set. You pay for shipping. Uh, and you can also go to blueapron.com slash Samson to get your first three meals for free with free shipping. That's a good deal. And you support them. You support us. We appreciate it. This is Sean Hannity 
talking to Ted Koppel, I believe on like CBS morning something, whatever. And it's just a funny interaction and we're going to play it. We have to give some credit to the American people that they're somewhat intelligent and that they know the difference between an opinion show and a news show. Oh, love that he said that. Now, you don't have to give the American people credit because they don't know. We talked about it last week. Is this a generational thing? Maybe. But you turn on Fox News on Friday because I'm flipping between Fox and MSNBC. It's 2.30. You know who's doing the news portion of Fox News at 2 o'clock on a Friday? Dana Perino, former Bush uh, press secretary. Oh. That's not... Then, so now, yeah, it's news, but it's somebody who was a part of a Republican administration delivering the news. That's not... Whose job was spin. Yeah, exa- exactly. Whose job was to... She's the, she was the press baby for fucking W. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, maybe we don't give people credit. We have to give some credit to the American people that they're somewhat intelligent and that they know the difference between an opinion show and a news show. Yeah. You're, not, you're cynical. Look at that. Yeah. I am cynical because, uh, you know... You think we're bad for America? You think yeah. I'm bad for America? Yeah. You do. In- <laughs> yes. I, I love that so much. It's just like, yeah. Yep. Yep. Not hyperbod. Just like, yeah, yep. for sure. You, you, uh, you're bad. Between an opinion show and a news show. Yeah. You're, not, you're cynical. Look at that. Yeah. I am cynical because, uh, you know. You think we're bad for America? You think yeah. I'm bad for America? Yeah. You do. In the in the long haul, I think you really? and all these opinion That's shows. That's sad, Ted. No, you know why? <laughs> That's sad. Because you're very good at what you do, and because you have you have attracted a significantly you more are influential. The well, let me finish the sent- Let me finish the sentence I'm before you do that. With all due respect. You yes. Take you have floor. you have attracted. <laughs> He does the classic ah, annoying guy move <laughs> where he goes, go Stop ahead. Stop talking. Please, go ahead. And then as he starts talking, he goes, take the floor. Take the floor. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. The floor's yours. It's go so annoying. It. Yeah. Oh, please, continue. Yes. The senator from the great state of California you, now has the floor. Exactly right. You Exactly. I go, Matt, will you let me finish? Yeah, go, uh, of course. All you, all you, Chris. I'll... So basically, I, I, my... uh, just talk. Go, go talk. Right. It's, uh, yeah, but I was talking. Yeah, <laughs> please, all due respect. Will you just play the damn thing. Significantly more influential. Well, let me finish the sentence. Let me finish the sentence before you do that. With all due respect. You, yes. Take you have, <laughs> you have attracted <laughs> people who are determined that ideology is more important than facts. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's goddamn true, Ted Koppel. Absolutely. Oh, Hannity, you're so annoying. Then Hannity got annoyed. It's like, release the full interview. Like, what difference does it make? That's the, he's right. That's the point. What, did he distort that, you fuck? I want you to sit there for 20 minutes, listen to nonsense to get the one good sound. Exactly. Um, All right, we're all set. I think that was a good program. It was a great program. Short short episode this week. Yeah, shorter. I mean, uh, you know, I got a busy week. Um, I think this is good. I think we covered enough stuff. Absolutely. It's always going to be more stuff. We'll get into it next week. I actually had one more story that I, when I was going through the rundown, I was like, mm, I need to give this a little more research before I, we talk about it. So there's actually a really interesting one about facial recognition Uh-oh. that we're going to talk about next week. But that would have put us probably closer to two hours if we talked. But it's fine. So we'll talk about it next week. I have it. And uh, we'll make sure to get into that. Until then, you guys can go on iTunes. You can rate and subscribe. It'd be great if you did that. I mean, I know the number of rate ratings and reviews on there, so I'd love to see it go up by at least one. That'd be fun to have somebody rate and review the program on iTunes um, and leave a comment. You know, let people know you like the show if you like the show. You can also go on SoundCloud.com slash Mandatory Samson. You can follow us on there and you can leave a comment on the 
actual episode, like where we talk about something. If you want to make a comment about it, we'll respond to it and have a nice conversation. Um, other than that, you can find me on all social media platforms. I'm at man Samp. Joey is at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled with a Z and Matt is Matt D Weiss on Twitter. And you can, Oh, you can email us mandatory Samson at gmail.com. I respond to all those. And if they're uh, particularly relevant to the conversation, we bring them on the show. Yeah. We bring them on the show. And we talk about it like Tanner did, you know, Tanner actually responded back. He was like, it was cool to hear you guys, you know, talk about my email on the show. And he's like, and you definitely caught some of my, uh, unconscious bias points. And I appreciated that. So he, he's yeah. a good sport about it. And we, we appreciate it. Uh, once again, Harry's blue apron, both.com, both slash Samson. And, uh, we're going to be back next episode. We love you guys. We'll talk to you then. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Yeah.